Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And you can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, This time we're going to take a look at the players who were given franchise tags since the clock is ticking on the ones who don't have long-term deals to sign long-term deals. The deadline for franchise players to sign long-term deals is this upcoming Friday, July 15th at 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern time. After this deadline passes, franchise players are prohibited from signing long-term deals until the regular season ends. And the final games of the regular season will be played on January 8th, uh, 2023. Now, Eight players are given franchise uh, player designations this year. Uh, four have gotten long-term deals. We have um, two wide receivers, um, Chris Godwin and Devontae Adams. Chris Godwin signed a three-year $60 million deal with $40 million fully guaranteed with the Buccaneers. After uh, he was uh, towards ACL and MCL late in the 2021 regular season, this was the second straight year he was franchised. Now, the Green Bay Packers franchised um, Devontae Adams and ended up trading him to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for 2022 first and second round picks. And there was a sign and trade transaction. Adams signed a five-year, $140 million contract with $65.67 million in guarantees. Um, the max value of the deal is $141.25 million because there's $250,000 in annual Pro Bowl incentive. This is one of those cosmetic inflated deals. It's really $67.5 million over three years. There's $72.5 million in the last years, and I don't think there's a great chance of Devontae Adams when he's 32 and 33 playing each of those years at um, $36.25 million for those years. Now... Jaguars stuck a second franchise tag on Cam Robinson. But a lot of people, including myself, we didn't think they should have put a first one on him, let alone a second. But that's neither here nor there. He he is now signed to a three-year, $52.75 million contract with $33 million fully guaranteed. Incentives make the deal worth as much as $54.25 million. There are three tight ends franchise. One of them has a deal. And that's David Njoku. David Njoku uh, was franchised by the Browns. And he signed a four-year, $54.75 million contract. That's $28 million in guarantees, 17 fully guaranteed at signing. A lot of people are misreporting the deal. It is not over $14 million per year on the base value. The base value averages $13,687,500. 
The max value is $56.75 million because they're $500,000 of annual incentives based on all pro selections. Given that you got to contend with Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller, <laughs> just in the AFC, uh, and then George Kittle is someone else you have to battle for an all-pro selection. Good luck with earning any incentives. Now, we're going to start with the tight ends because this David Njoku deal is a major headache for the Dallas Cowboys who franchised um, Dalton Schultz and the Miami Dolphins who franchised Mike Gusecki. Their franchise tag is $10.931 million. Now, Schultz and the Cowboys have made a whole lot of progress, uh, from my understanding, on a deal. Uh, Schultz skipped uh, the final part of organized team activities since he signed his franchise tender, showed up for the mandatory uh, minicamp in the middle of June to avoid a fine of $95,877. Now, I don't see <laughs> a scenario where either one of these guys uh, signs a deal which averages less than Njoku's deal. That's the floor. And the reason why is Njoku athletically may be more gifted than those guys, but it doesn't translate to protection on the field. I know he was sharing time before with uh, Austin Hooper in Cleveland who they cut when they stuck the franchise tag on who now plays for the Titans. But Schultz, 78 catches, 808 yards, 8 touchdowns last year, 17 games. He's more productive last year than what Njoku did in the two previous seasons combined, 2020 and 2021, 29 games. That's 55 catches, 688 yards, 6 touchdowns. So why in the world would Dalton Schultz ever agree to something which is less than David Njoku? Now, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network is reporting that the Cowboys and Schultz are going to make another run at it to try to get a deal done before Friday. One of the big sticking points with Dallas, and we saw this with the um, Dak Prescott negotiations in 2020, Prescott wanted a four-year deal. Um, Dallas wanted a five. The Cowboys prefer lengthy contracts. They had Tyron Smith sign an eight-year deal extension when he had two years left on his rookie contract. That hadn't aged well. Zach Martin, uh, not Zach Martin, um, Ezekiel Elliott did a six when he signed his extension. Demarcus Lawrence did a five when he eventually signed. So, length of contract is going to be the first sticking point. So, if Cowboys are going to be insistent on a lengthy deal, and I got to imagine that Schultz would want a four, given that that's outside of George Kittle, who's the top of the market for tight ends at $15 million per year, that all the other guys have signed fours. You've got Mark Andrews, is on a four. Dallas Goddard, is on a four. They're at $14 million and $14.25 million uh, per year, respectively, in their extensions. Travis Kelsey's extension, a four-year extension, uh, $14,312,500. Njoku, four-year deal. John o. Smith, the $12.5 million per year, four-year deal. Hunter Henry, three-year deal, the same thing. So, 
That's a sticking point. Yes, Zach Martin did sign a six-year extension when um, the Cowboys made him the highest-paid guard in 2018. So, link the contract's the first hurdle. Now, Dallas has got to get over that um, Njoku amount. They probably were thinking, eh, maybe we can get Schultz for closer to Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry. They're $12.5 per year. Not anymore. <laughs> you got to adjust to the market. You don't have to like the deal. It is It is what it is. If uh, Njoku came in at 11, I'm sure they try to use it against Schultz. So, and if I'm Dallas, I would be thinking about how this thing plays out whenever I stick a franchise tag on someone and they don't sign the first year I franchise them. It doesn't work out well for Dallas. They end up paying more in the long run. So, if Dalton Schultz does anything remotely in the neighborhood of what he did last year, price goes up. And in the interim, you could have Darren Waller reset the tight end market. Um, and you got to deal with that. But if you have two years where Dalton Schultz is putting up these types of numbers, <laughs> you can kiss whatever's being talked about this year goodbye. That, <laughs> and then you're probably going to have the agent thinking, I wanted to give up a four. I wanted four last year or whatever it is if you don't want to do a five. I had to play one year on a tag. I'm giving you three this year. So, And if you don't want to do that, I'll play under the tag a second year, then I can leave. So... <laughs> Uh, that's the dynamic. What I mean is um, by it doesn't work out for Dallas when they uh, have wait too long. Well, they screwed up the whole timing on Dak Prescott. If they'd gotten him done uh, when he was uh, first franchised, <laughs> there's a good chance it was going to be under Russell Wilson, um, who was at uh, $35 million per year from what he signed in 2019, which had made him the highest paid uh, uh, player at the time. You had Patrick Mahomes, who signed that 10-year extension, averaging $45 million per year. But there was nothing in between there at the time when the July 15th deadline rolled around. So you have Deshaun Watson with that Houston Texans extension come until right before the 2020 regular season at $39 million per year. So guess what? You get that in the marketplace – even though Dak had the uh, ankle injury and missed most of the 2020 season, you said to pay him $40 million per year, giving the biggest signing bonus in NFL history. And what happened with the Demarcus Lawrence? When you, you franchised him once in 2018, there weren't any $20 million per year non-quarterbacks when the July 15th deadline rolled around. So you could add him for under $20 million per year. You end up signing him $21 million per year the next year. Could have had him for maybe 18, 18 and a half. But no, you got to pay him 21 now. Because you had um, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack become the first $20 million per year non-quarterback. So if Dallas is looking to save money and they want Dalton Schultz around long term, then while they, if they're making a run this week, they might as well bite the bullet, give him the four or whatever length of contract he wants. I'm assuming it's a four. And pay him more than Joku. Now, with uh, Gesicki, uh, apparently they haven't had any conversations about uh, a deal, so something's going to have to change, or he's playing on his $10.931 million franchise tag. Now, um, I'd imagine that he's looking to go above Njoku as well. He had a career career year in um, 2021, 73 catches, 780 yards, and he was more productive than... Um, Njoku's past two seasons as well. Now, I would be exploring whether he got franchised at the wrong position if I represented uh, represented him, uh, represented Gasicki. 
because the difference in the two franchise tags, um, you got wide receivers, 18.491 million. That's a $7.488 million difference. I'd file the grievance or, or at least explore it to be classified as a wide receiver. And under the CBA, your position for franchise tag purposes is where you, the position where you took the most snaps in the previous year. Looking at pro football focus data, um, 54.78% of Gasicki's uh, offensive snaps were in the slot. 11.97% were in line as a tight end and 30.74% out wide. Now, the problem is you had Jimmy Graham try this in 2014 when he was franchised. And the arbitrator, uh, Stephen Burbank, ruled that he was a tight end when he was lined up in the slot within four yards an offensive lineman. That's a real technical distinction. And, that, and the ruling was he had more than 50% of the uh, plays he had with the Saints. So maybe they've already looked at that and decided, eh, I'm not going to win that. But at least it's something to explore. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code CAP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code CAP, C-A-P, to receive your first month free. Out of these uh, four franchise guys that haven't signed, y'all have Orlando Brown, um, the left tackle for the Chiefs, who was given a $16.662 million franchise tag. Um, he's expressed optimism of getting a deal done. Now, he was always going to get franchised because he forced his way out of Baltimore um, before the 2021 draft because he wanted to be a left tackle. And Ronnie Stanley was named All-Pro at left tackle in 2020. So he couldn't play there. Chiefs gave up. Uh, their 2021 first round pick which was 31st, the 2021 third round pick, a 2021 fourth round pick, and a 2022 fifth round pick to get Brown a 2021 second round pick and a 2022 sixth round pick. Now anytime you give up significant draft capital and you don't sign a deal in connection with the trade, you end up costing the team more in the long run. 
That's why the Eagles were smart during this year's draft to get A.J. Brown to commit to a long-term contract and get him signed. Because I'll give you a couple examples of how this has worked. When the uh, Texans gave up an arm and a leg to get Laramie Tunsil, he basically raked him over the coals um, when he signed his three-year extension to reset the offensive lineman market. That He put it at $22 million per year. He was the first $20 million per year offensive lineman. Jalen Ramsey did not get a deal done when he was acquired from the Jaguars. And he became the first uh, $20 million per year uh, cornerback, defensive back. Last year, you had Jamal Adams reset the safety market because the Seahawks neglected to get a deal done when they acquired him from the uh, Jets the previous year. So, He's at 17.5, and at the time, that was a pretty dramatic reset of the safety market. So, Brown has a interesting dynamic in his deal as well. He's got leverage to me from uh, from that standpoint, but there's an interesting dynamic. He hired a micro, Michael Portner of the Delta Sports Group as an agent recently, and this guy's never done a contract before. So, this is, this is a... Uh, baptism by fire. Your first deal is going to be a potentially huge deal. So, um, Brown acquitted himself uh, fairly well last year at left tackle. Uh, his first year playing left tackle full-time goes to the Pro Bowl. So, to me, he's got leverage. Um, Chiefs could stick a franchise tag on him a second time next year. Um, that would be just under $20 million, $19,994,000. Million, the 9.9, 9.94 million, I should say. But if I'm him, I'm trying to get the top of the market. You got three tackles in the $20 million per year club. Trent Williams on his, I'd say, cosmetic $23.01 million, which it's really three years plus three more option years. I don't know if he's going to see all six years given his age, but he's playing. He's best left tackle last year. David Bakhtiari, the $23 million on a four-year extension he signed – during the latter part of the uh, 2020 season. So I'm looking to get in that territory. Yeah, There's no deal to me if you're not in a $20 million per year club. I'm Orlando Brown Jr. But I want to try to get above these guys if possible, but or at least be in their vicinity. Um, so we'll see if that one gets done. And the last one, I don't think this has a chance of getting done, is uh, Jesse Bates, the Bengals safety. He was given a $12.911 million franchise tag. He wanted to get paid heading into his contract year. And he expressed frustration over the lack of progress of a new contract during the 2021 preseason. And he admitted that it affected his play early last season. 2021 wasn't as good as it was in 2020. Nonetheless, he got franchised. He earned second-team all-pro runners in 2020. But come playoff time, when the Bengals made their Super Bowl run, he was back to being the Jesse Bates we saw the year before. So... (laughs) Now, he's hadn't signed his franchise tag either. He says he's not going to play on the franchise tag. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it um, for a couple of reasons. One, he's made a little over $6.225 million from his rookie contract. So, this is almost double. But he's uh, actually, it is more than double. It's more than double what he's made so far 
in his career. And it's a rarity for franchise players to miss a full season. Yes, Le'Veon Bell did it in 2018, but that was on his second franchise tag. He played on the first one, so a little bit different scenario. Before that, it was Dan Williams, the Chiefs defensive lineman in 1998, who sat out a full season. Safety market, I'd imagine the Bengals are looking more in the Marcus Williams range. He was franchised by the Saints in 2020 in 2021. And he signed a five-year deal with the Ravens for $14 million. I can't imagine that Bates is looking for anything remotely close to that. He's represented by Dave Mulgetta, who has reset the safety market on numerous occasions with guys, including Kevin Byard um, a couple of years ago, and I believe uh, Buda Baker. <laughs> so he's probably looking at the upper tier um, of the safety market. So I said it was Jamal Adams at $17.5 million. And you recently had Minka Fitzpatrick set a new standard with the Steelers, who's who was in his contract year in a fifth-year option, eighteen point two four seven million per year, thirty-six million fully guaranteed. So <laughs> that's just another monkey wrench in the equation. I think Kasiki and Schultz, if they don't get deals or show up to training camp, Brown's unsigned. He doesn't have to. As well, you can't. There's no contractual obligation to perform services of an unsigned tender. Bates has been the one to keep an eye on to someone not showing up. We've seen in the past that after, uh, if you don't get the long-term deal, that sometimes franchise players come in on their own time. So he may it be late August before he come in and play the regular season. I'd be shocked if he missed any regular season games because each game that you don't get a week of salary for each week you miss. And in his case, that would be $717,278 for each game he missed. And then the Bengals get immediate cap credit. But the thing is, the the Bengals also have a a ready-made replacement. They kind of hedged their bets in the draft. They used their first-round pick, 31st overall, on Daxon Hill of safety. So it's kind of like they're ready to move on. And you've seen that um, the Bengals, the last couple of times they franchised someone, it's been the one and done. Uh, Michael Johnson, 2013, franchised him. Then he goes and signs with the Buccaneers. They stuck a franchise tag on A.J. Green in, I think that was 2020. And then he goes and signs uh, with the uh, – Cardinals last year. So there's some evidence that this doesn't get done. (laughs) Um, Jesse Bates is auditioning for his next contract from someone else. Well, um, we'll see which guys get done um, before the July 15th deadline. If I had to put my money on anybody, it would be Orlando Brown. I think that's going to be the only one. Uh, If there's a second, it would be Dalton Schultz. But uh, that's going to be it for this edition of Inside the Cap. Uh, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take, on NFL Contract and Salary Cap Matters. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye. <laughs>